0: As we, people grow and as the technology evolves, we can see that there's some interesting things going on like meta and, and NFTs and digital currencies and so on. And all of this is what I like to call as digital commerce.
1: Hello and welcome to the EcomOps Podcast we believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce those running the operation each week we find an interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run i'm your host norbert strappler the ceo of sing spider Hello and welcome to the e EcomOps Podcast. Today I'm talking to Carl, um, who lives in Spain, comes originally from Sweden. So we had, a, a, of course, a bit of talk already. <laughs> quite, quite interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, Carl, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Great to have you. Uh, Carl, tell me a bit about yourself, about your business. What are you doing and uh, um, how, how it comes uh, in place with e-commerce?
0: Yeah, uh... So what I do is to help companies grow faster. And I've been doing that for 25 years all over the world. So I've been both living and working in in very many different countries, um, which gives me a strength in terms of understanding more of the full picture, so to say, and not just uh, being a silo based in a way. That's cool. So Carl, um, and, and how do you do that, Carl? Yeah, so... The work I do is actually a bunch of different puzzle pieces that I connect in a way. So when I present myself, I normally present myself as three different products. There's one product where I help the business hands-on as a consultant, basically think of it as a management consultant going in, but, but not in, the, in a classic way. I go in and I, I almost start with a blank piece of paper, like, okay, look at our business and tell us, what you think we can improve, mm-hmm. like what, what different constraints or bottlenecks or, or hiccups do we have that we, can, um, that we can fix in a way? Or maybe we don't know how to fix it yet, but we need to identify them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other puzzle piece is where I empower people and organizations. And that I do as a public speaker, I do it as an author and as a business coach or, or leadership developer.
1: Okay, very very interesting. Um, do you, you also work with e-commerce businesses, right? Yes. Or especially uh, so with e-commerce? Yeah, I would say uh,
0: that I work with uh, digitally driven companies. Yeah. And and many of them are connected to e-commerce. Uh, and also many of these companies, as they would like to expand their way of working, they started looking at how can we actually make something more um scalable online. And when we normally talk about e-commerce, we talk about basically uh retail but online. Mm-hmm. But but what we have seen is that this has progressed into being some so much more. I mean SaaS products in a way is becoming more and more of like an e-commerce business as well because they sell in modules that you can interconnect with each other and, and as they grow there will be like a um um um, largest set of features that you can add. Um, but as we, as we, people, grow and as the technology evolves, we can see that there's some interesting things going on, like meta and, and NFTs and digital currencies and so on. And all of this is what I like to call as digital commerce. So not specifically e-commerce, but actually so much more that is connected to commerce as a whole. And consumers yeah. don't really care about how they and they make their transactions. They want just want to make sure that it's convenient, safe, and that they feel trust and and reliable uh, connectivity
1: to the provider. And this is um, even what we see on the market uh, when we when we check out, for instance, Amazon, which started uh, to to build physical stores as well. Um, yeah, and 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 th- this is I think. Digital commerce describes it the best. Um, yeah. You, you want to maybe take a look on products online and purchase them offline. Um, go into the physical store and see it there, uh, touch it. This is something that we always want and need when we purchase something. Um, and of course, um, if if this is all connected, um, uh, I think that's the that that's the best case for for people purchasing something. Um, yeah. I think you need to work a lot with people. Um, What what kind of mindset should employees have to help e-commerce businesses scale faster? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And that's one
0: that I really work strongly with and I'm very passionate about because I come from a tech background. I started as an IT consultant back in 1996 when I started my first company as a 16-year-old kid. And uh, since then, I've been evolving and I basically added more experience in my backpack, which I use in situations where I basically empower people on the stage or empower people within a company. It doesn't really matter because you need to be able to paint the picture to make people understand the different steps. And when we talk about people within the company, it's very common that they look at their own base, their own deliverables, their own team and and how to protect that. And that leads to a company having a bunch of different teams that protect their own deliverables, their own responsibilities, but they do not work towards a common goal because they normally are overwhelmed with requests of do this, do that. And they, they know that, yeah, we can't do everything that is requested. So we need to focus on what, what we, the, we, the team, see as our key, our, our golden uh, golden trophy and protect them. But consumers don't care about that. Whoever consumes the service that you're providing online cares about a, a very smooth and easy, supported as needed, customer journey. Mm-hmm. Not over-supported as well, which is something that we uh, tend to see in companies that really like to say that we're customer-driven and we really focus on, on supporting the customer. Um, but the thing is that for tech organizations, we have tech departments. And these departments limit their way of thinking, connecting to the technical solutions yeah. and not to... Mm-hmm connected uh, and they are not connected to the actual consumer.
1: And that's an interesting topic. Um, actually, I, I don't know where I read it, but um, you, you have increased sales for clients by s- numbers like 300% by improving customer experience. I mean, how does customer experience increase the sale? And, and yeah, why does course. the tech team, of course, needs mm-hmm. to also consider that? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Because sales are only driven by consumers, right? I mean, without consumers, we don't have any sales. So if the tech team actually relax a little bit and look at how consumers move around in the website, where they have the fallout and so on, like going through the data in a way, we will get to one point. We will get to basically an improved customer journey based on the journey that we have designed. But if we take further more steps back, we see that our customer journey in many situations is far too complicated. Mm -hmm. It's too many steps. It's too many questions. It's like, for example, one of the examples that I love is when e-commerce sites ask for a fax number in the (laughs) checkout. It still exists. It's like, why is it even there? Even though it's not mandatory to fill it out, the field itself distracts the customer. So what we're talking about is remove all the distractions, remove steps that are not needed, try to consolidate everything into a very, very smooth and easy checkout. But also it's not only about the checkout, it's about building relationships. And that's where you get the the real transactional behavior to actually change where you actually create that, that experience making the customer interested in going back because they feel trust. They feel that they can uh, get what they are expecting from you as a provider.
1: Yeah. Maybe another example um, that is also always annoying. Um, where did you find us? Huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's nice to know for, for us as business owners. Yeah, sure. It's nice to know where did you find us, but get your tracking proper set up. and and you know where they came from and you do not need to ask but this is really something that i see in many many checkouts i mean fax is going slowly down yeah (laughs) i I did not see it that often recently but uh but yeah this question comes more and more so where did you find us? i mean yeah it's it's an important question to be the question to be answered but maybe it's part of after the purchase screen so once a customer really did the purchase ask him and if he want to reply yeah that's fine uh, but do not do it right away exactly this yeah. is this is a, yeah you
0: you you really uh, got the right way of thinking like when they are in the the transactional mindset when they are my, uh, about to make the transaction it's important that we don't distract them with other things yeah and absolutely. that's why why like the checkout page nowadays uh, have no menu system and everything uh, like that has been removed because we have seen that this just caused uh, uh, distraction, mm-hmm. but also because we want to make the checkout more secure. So we move the checkout to uh, a secure environment instead of the, the normal e-commerce flow.
1: Yeah, fully agree. Um, your LinkedIn profile says that uh, you set strategies for companies to transform the sales online based on global data and marketing leading insights. What, what are key features um, of an e-commerce business strategy? Uh, the key features I would like to say
0: for me is to understand the business. What is it that the business actually have set out as a goal? What is it that they want to achieve? And does that goal connect with what customers are looking for? Mm -hmm. Like if there is no connection, then then we can do a ton of improvements, but we'll still not get the connection because customers are not looking for that. So first of all, we need to understand like the outer line of the big picture. And then we can narrow in and see, okay, how can we get as close as possible to the core and optimize step by step towards the core? Mm-hmm. And the the key to success is to uh, run multiple experiments. Okay. In parallel.
1: I mean, multiple experiments sounds like you need to have a huge number of um, um, of, of of visitors or of of clients. Um, I, I was I I always was a fan of experimenting, uh, but it's it's just. If if there is not the right benchmark of or number of people, the results are simply not um, good enough. So when we are talking about smaller businesses or new businesses, um, what do you think? How how could they um, improve the experience or um, it, it start some 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 significant change so they can grow faster? Yeah, of course. Uh,
0: One thing that uh, we have seen in in the tech industry is uh, to run POCs, proof of concepts. The next step is to uh, actually, when you have validated that this is a good concept, you do an MVP, a minimum viable product. And then step by step, you iterate until you actually have something that you feel is, this is is a good solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, That takes time. And what I propose to do prior to all of that, is to, to use a, a bus stop situation. I okay. use this all the time because I, I love how simple it is. When people uh, stand in, in, uh, in a bus stop waiting for the bus, they are in a situation where they're basically not making good use of time. Probably listen to a podcast or, or listen to some music or, or basically just trying to get the time passing by. And that's a perfect situation to walk up to strangers and ask them, hi, can you look at this user flow? Could you just click through and tell me right there and then what you feel, what you experience? Don't measure it with any data and don't measure it with tracking and don't measure it with with a camera activated on a laptop. Get there and talk to people because it's people that you want to actually
1: generate the transaction with. This is so cool. <laughs> I, it's, it's, the first time I hear this. Yeah. But, uh, I, I love it because, um, first of all, you need to be able to talk to a, a stranger. Yeah. You, you, you don't know the people you go there and ask, which is also very good for, for, for yourself to, to get that feeling. Yeah. Uh, to, to get that additional step that is needed to talk to the 4-Ranger. And, uh, and the other thing is you learn so much. I mean, if, if there is not the environment for filming everything and recording and tracking, they feel more comfortable and they are real use cases. So if there's yeah. is a, a, a DTC product or something... That's perfect. Yeah. So I really like like the idea. Um, And and hopefully um, once I'm on a bus stop, (laughs) I get asked for something like this. This is really very, very interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: And the funny thing
0: with the bus stop is that you can tailor it a little bit. You can actually find bus stops that carries a specific persona based on where the bus stop is located. Like if you have an industrial product, go to a bus stop close to industries. If you have uh, a product that is uh, for younger demographic, then go to a bus stop that is just outside the school. Like, you, the bus stop itself carries a specific type of persona. So it's a really easy way to get in contact directly with the
1: people that you're looking for. We will call this the bus stop episode
0: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it's really cool i love i love that idea well now e-commerce is really competitive and crowded already so um what strategy should companies have to remain competitive i mean how should businesses benchmark and learn from their competitors for instance
0: yeah uh, of course there are some huge players in the e-commerce industry and then there are some smaller ones like for example my daughter uh, she started her first company when she was ten years old, and Wait. she's designing her own sunglasses. For her, Wait. it's like, okay, I don't know where to start. And then uh, me as a parent, I was more like, okay, this is great. I, I'm so excited as a parent, and I think this is amazing. But for me, it was important to not take over the project, but just support her and like point her in the right direction. Let her make mistakes. Let her get into some complicated situations so that she learns and not just follow commands because I totally don't believe in that. Let people evolve on their own. Maybe uh, protect them from some challenges. But to get started, let's just uh, take a piece of paper and say, okay, this is my goal and this is where I start. And then just pull the paper over like in a half. Okay, halfway. Where do I want to be? And then again, fold it. Okay, where do I want to be in a quarter? Okay, now you get to an area where you see, okay, I can actually plan for a quarter, or maybe I can just plan for a month. Start with that. You already have the end goal defined, but don't look at the end goal. That's why you fold it away. Look at where you are right now and make the small steps that you know how to do. And as you take those steps, you learn more and more about the next step automatically. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, yeah. So if if you're about to start an e-commerce business, don't look at companies like Amazon and so on. They will not help you. Of course, you can use Amazon as a platform to sell your products. But don't think that you're going to start the next Amazon. Think about, okay, I want to sell this product. How can I get this product in... Front of the people that are looking for this type of product. Like, try to think about who is the person that will buy it and how can you target that individual? Again, at first, don't think about paid ads. Think about how
1: you can reach out to these people. And how could someone reach out? I mean, this is the interesting question. You can run ads. You can add the targeting to the ads. Um, Of course, you will spend a lot of money into ads. This is typical for media buying at the moment. Um, Everything increased. Um, But how, how could I reach out to the right persons or the right personas without media? Let's talk about the bus stop again. Yeah. So
0: if we play with the bus stop idea again, we have the ability to target specific type of individuals based on where the bus stop is located. Use that as a method. Find that bus stop, walk up to people, ask them, where do you look for this type of product? Or where would you look for this type of product? And they will probably give you the answers that you're looking for. Mm. Many of the answers will be exactly what you expect. Mm. Like maybe they will say, yeah, I always shop on Amazon. Yeah. Or I only get inspiration from TikTok. Or no, I I only have a few trusted sources that I follow on Instagram and whatever they say is good, I go for that. Or I'm a true Facebook slash meta believer and I only go for the ads that someone paid for. Like there are so many different ways and search engine optimization and organic traffic through search engines is difficult. Yeah. To, To simplify it, you won't get any good position within uh, search results uh, within six months.
1: Yeah, it's simply not possible. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've recently uh, read a case study where, which said um, it, it will take you around about 12 months um, yeah. for, for an optimization to get in, a, in an interesting position if you do it the right way. Exactly. And that's not first position. That's an interesting that, position. It's an interesting position. Yeah.
0: yeah. And for anyone that's starting their business, they do not have the, the mindset to wait 12 months before a sale. Yep. So you need to start generating sales in other ways. And as you start building your business, uh, most companies do not generate sales by paying for ads. So you need to break boundaries. You need to think outside the box and find other ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. But keep it simple. Like run through, uh, run a bunch of different experiments. Try to make some uh, TikTok video. Try to uh, reach out to some friends on, on Instagram and see if you can do a, uh, like a friendly collaboration with your group of friends. And see if you can start working with micro influencers, like people that have less than a thousand followers. Even because the people on Instagram that have less than a thousand followers, those followers are people that trust individual that they follow they are not influential people in the wider audience but they are influential towards those few followers
1: yeah i also believe um in in, so so for most of the um smaller companies micro influencers are much more interesting than, than than the big ones i mean the big ones are um yeah for the for the for the big brands that, that, that they have some new product and they present it and that's it, but they are completely overpaid. Yeah? Yeah. Um, like, like TV ads, they are also very, very expensive, but micro-influencers often just do it uh, and, and recommend you because they think it's cool what you do and, and what yeah. you have. If, if they, I mean, you can give them a free sample of the product. You can, um, 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 if it's a software product, you can give them access. Um, if they like it, they, they will promote it without and asking for, for, for money for that because they yeah. simply like it and they want to do what they do.
0: Yeah, but uh, the influencer area is interesting in that way because when, when we started to see that uh, there was product placements within uh, social media, uh, it grew quite fast. But today, it's two different worlds. There's yeah. the micro-influencers that can actually get your product sold and then there are the big influencers that is more about uh, uh, brand development. It's not as much about getting the product sold any longer. They, and they basically validate that this is a trusted brand. And that's why it costs so much. So if you, if you go up to a PR uh, firm and say, okay, I want my brand to be trusted as the best in the world within a specific field, then they say, yeah, that's gonna cost you come up with a number and just say, okay, it's going to cost you 5 million US dollars per quarter. And then we're going to work very hard on making this brand well-known and trusted. We won't generate any
1: sales. We're just focusing on getting the brand well-known. Yeah, makes sense. We are also, <laughs> yeah, dividing here on, uh, when we look on, on, on the Facebook ads, branding campaigns and performance campaigns, two different things. Um, yeah. And branding is always very, very expensive. Yeah, that's yeah. It. But it works. So if if you really put enough money on the market, your brand will be there. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, It's it's tricking, but um, it works. Well, last question, uh, or not the very last question, but one thing or one topic that I still want to cover: automations. Um, how how do you think? What what role does automations play in the e-commerce space?
0: Uh, it's it's an enormous role because automation can be done in so many different ways it can be customer support could be uh, to drive customer in the direct direction that you the company are looking for but it could also be automation in terms of how to actually distribute the products that are ordered so uh, i think that the automation is something that is key to success but it's not the only thing that drives success. Because consumers still see when things are automated. They see when there's a chatbot. They see they feel that this might not be an individual, a real person behind the, the conversation. But consumers would like to feel unique. They want to be treated as the individual they are, and they want to feel that they have that support, not always from a robot. Uh, so you need to mix it. Automation is the things that you can um, that you can automate. Basically, tasks that are repeti- re- repetitive,
1: and, oh, I have goes with and that goes on and word.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> it's, word. <laughs> it's a nice word. I love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but those tasks you should have automated already. And then the other thing is connected to machine learning, AI, and on top of that. We have real people that do things, so it's it's steps that you
1: need to uh, design for. Cool, thank you very much. Very very interesting, uh, and yes, uh, of course I need to fully agree. Last question for today: um, Who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? Um,
0: I would like to say that it's a result of always pushing boundaries, thinking outside the box, and to let's call it experiment, but more in reality it's like, yeah, okay, let's uh, instead of thinking that we know what's best, let's run three, four, ten different alternatives, maybe just with a a, a few users, maybe at the bus stop, maybe uh, depending on the company, we load it with uh, 10,000 users uh, to get more data, but always don't assume that you know best
1: cool thank you very much for that answers and thank you very much for that interview it was really a pleasure um and uh yeah i I just want to point out try that bus stop thing it's really so interesting i will try it myself um and and i like the idea Uh, and hopefully we see a lot of people running to the bus stops now and asking people about the product thanks so much yeah have a great time, Carl. Same to you. Take All care. Bye-bye. Bye. If you want to learn more from Carl, he's writing on his next book that is called Future Innovation and Leadership. And to connect with him, if you look for a speaker, mentor, or someone to help your organization grow faster, you can reach him on LinkedIn or carlillrott.com. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for EcomOps Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app, and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.